my friends, to the Big Book Podcast. My name is Howard, and I'm an alcoholic. Sober since January 1st, 1988, one day at a time. This is episode 85, the final episode of the Big Book Podcast. It features the six appendices and a list of AA publications found at the end of the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, published in 1955. Appendices Roman numeral one the AA tradition, Roman numeral two, spiritual experience, Roman numeral three, the medical view on AA, Roman numeral four, the Lasker Award, Roman numeral five, the religious view on AA, Roman numeral six, how to get in touch with AA. Roman numeral one, the AA tradition. To those now in its fold, Alcoholics Anonymous has made the difference between misery and sobriety, and often the difference between life and death. AA can, of course, mean just as much to uncounted alcoholics not yet reached. Therefore, no society of men and women ever had a more urgent need for continuous effectiveness and permanent unity. We alcoholics see that we must work together and hang together, else most of us will finally die alone. The Twelve Traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous are, we AAs believe, the best answers that our experience has yet given to those ever-urgent questions, how can AA best function and how can AA best stay whole and so survive? On the next page, AA's Twelve Traditions are seen in their so-called short form, the form in general use today. This is a condensed version of the original long-form AA traditions as first printed in 1945. Because the long-form is more explicit and of possible historic value, it is also reproduced. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. 2. For our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. 3. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. 6. An AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. The Twelve Traditions 
the long form. Our AA experience has taught us that 1. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is but a small part of a great whole. AA must continue to live or most of us will surely die. Hence, our common welfare comes first, but individual welfare follows close afterward. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as He may express Himself in our group conscience. 3. Our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover. Nor ought AA membership ever depend upon money or conformity. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group provided that, as a group, they have no other affiliation. 4. With respect to its own affairs, each AA group should be responsible to no other authority than its own conscience. But when its plans concern the welfare of neighboring groups also, those groups ought to be consulted. And no group, regional committee, or individual should ever take any action that might greatly affect AA as a whole without conferring with the trustees of the General Service Board. On such issues, our common welfare is paramount. 5. Each Alcoholics Anonymous group ought to be a spiritual entity having but one primary purpose, that of carrying its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. 6. Problems of money, property, and authority may easily divert us from our primary spiritual aim, we think, therefore, that any considerable property of genuine use to AA should be separately incorporated and managed, thus dividing the material from the spiritual. An AA group, as such, should never go into business. Secondary aids to AA, such as clubs or hospitals, which require much property or administration, ought to be incorporated and so set apart that, if necessary, they can be freely discarded by the groups. Hence, such facilities ought not to use the AA name. Their management should be the sole responsibility of those people who financially support them. For clubs, AA managers are usually preferred, but hospitals as well as other places of recuperation ought to be well outside AA and medically supervised. While an AA group may cooperate with anyone, such cooperation ought never go so far as affiliation or endorsement, actual or implied. An AA group can bind itself to no one. 7. The AA groups themselves ought to be fully supported by the voluntary contributions of their own members. We think that each group should achieve this ideal, that any public solicitation of funds using the name of Alcoholics Anonymous is highly dangerous, whether by groups, clubs, hospitals, or other outside agencies that acceptance of large gifts from any source or of contributions carrying any obligation whatever is unwise. Then, too, we view with much concern those AA treasuries which continue, beyond prudent reserves, to accumulate funds for no stated AA purpose. Experience has often warned us that nothing can so surely destroy our spiritual heritage as futile disputes over property, money, and authority. 8. Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional. We define professionalism as the occupation of counseling alcoholics for fees or higher. But we may employ alcoholics where they are going to perform those services for which we might otherwise have to engage non-alcoholics. Such special services may be well recompensed, 
but our usual AA 12-step work is never to be paid for. 9. Each AA group needs the least possible organization. Rotating leadership is the best. The small group may elect its secretary, the large group its rotating committee, and the groups of a large metropolitan area their central or intergroup committee, which often employs a full-time secretary. The trustees of the General Service Board are, in effect, our AA General Service Committee. They are the custodians of our AA tradition and the receivers of voluntary AA contributions by which we maintain our AA General Service Office at New York. They are authorized by the groups to handle our overall public relations, and they guarantee the integrity of our principal newspaper, the AA Grapevine. All such representatives are to be guided in the spirit of service, for true leaders in AA are but trusted and experienced servants of the whole. They derive no real authority from their titles. They do not govern. Universal respect is the key to their usefulness. 10. No AA group or member should ever, in such a way as to implicate AA, express any opinion on outside controversial issues, particularly those of politics, alcohol reform, or sectarian religion. The Alcoholics Anonymous groups oppose no one. Concerning such matters, they can express no views whatever. 11. Our relations with the general public should be characterized by personal anonymity. We think AA ought to avoid sensational advertising. Our names and pictures as AA members ought not be broadcast, filmed, or publicly printed. Our public relations should be guided by the principle of attraction rather than promotion. There is never need to praise ourselves. We feel it better to let our friends recommend us. 12. And finally, we of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the principle of anonymity has an immense spiritual significance. It reminds us that we are to place principles before personalities, that we are actually to practice a genuine humility. This to the end that our great blessings may never spoil us, that we shall forever live in thankful contemplation of Him who presides over us all. Roman numeral 2. Spiritual Experience The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God-consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety, because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. 
What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God-consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems, in the light of our experience, can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. Quote, there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Unquote. Herbert Spencer Roman numeral 3. The Medical View on AA Since Dr. Silkworth's first endorsement of Alcoholics Anonymous, Medical societies and physicians throughout the world have set their approval upon us. Following our excerpts from the comments of doctors present at the annual meeting of the Medical Society of the State of New York, where a paper on AA was read. Dr. Foster Kennedy, neurologist, quote, This organization of Alcoholics Anonymous calls on two of the greatest reservoirs of power known to man, religion and that instinct for association with one's fellows the herd instinct. I think our profession must take appreciative cognizance of this great therapeutic weapon. If we do not do so, we shall stand convicted of emotional sterility and of having lost the faith that moves mountains, without which medicine can do little." Unquote. Dr. G. Kirby Collier, psychiatrist, quote, I have felt that AA is a group unto themselves, and their best results can be had under their own guidance as a result of their philosophy. Any therapeutic or philosophic procedure which can prove a recovery rate of 50% to 60% must merit our consideration. Unquote. Dr. Harry M. Thibault, Psychiatrist. Quote, As a psychiatrist, I have thought a great deal about the relationship of my specialty to AA, and I have come to the conclusion that our particular function can very often lie in preparing the way for the patient to accept any sort of treatment or outside help. I now conceive the psychiatrist's job to be the task of breaking down the patient's inner resistance so that which is inside him will flower as under the activity of the AA program." Unquote. Dr. W. W. Bauer, broadcasting under the auspices of the American Medical Association in 1946 over the NBC network, said in part, quote, Alcoholics Anonymous are no crusaders, not a temperance society. They know that they must never drink. They help others with similar problems. In this atmosphere, the alcoholic often overcomes his excessive concentration upon himself. Learning to depend upon a higher power, and absorb himself in his work with other alcoholics. He remains sober day by day. The days add up to weeks, the weeks into months and years. Unquote. Dr. John F. Stouffer, chief psychiatrist, Philadelphia General Hospital, citing his experience with AA, said, 
quote, the alcoholics we get here at Philadelphia General are mostly those who cannot afford private treatment, and AA is by far the greatest thing we have been able to offer them. Even among those who occasionally land back in here again, we observe a profound change in personality. You would hardly recognize them, unquote. The American Psychiatric Association requested in 1949 that a paper be prepared by one of the older members of Alcoholics Anonymous to be read at the association's annual meeting of that year. This was done, and the paper was printed in the American Journal of Psychiatry for November 1949. This address is now available in pamphlet form at nominal cost through most AA groups or from Box 459 Grand Central Station, New York, New York, 10017, under the title, Three Talks to Medical Societies by Bill W., formerly called Bill on Alcoholism and, earlier, Alcoholism, the Illness. Roman numeral four, the Lasker Award. In 1951, the Lasker Award was given Alcoholics Anonymous. The citation reads in part as follows. The American Public Health Association presents a Lasker Group Award for 1951 to Alcoholics Anonymous in recognition of its unique and highly successful approach to that age-old public health and social problem, alcoholism. In emphasizing alcoholism as an illness, the social stigma associated with this condition is being blotted out. Historians may one day recognize Alcoholics Anonymous to have been a great venture in social pioneering, which forged a new instrument for social action, a new therapy based on the kinship of common suffering, one having a vast potential for the myriad other ills of mankind. Roman numeral five, the religious view on AA. Clergymen of practically every denomination have given AA their blessing. Edward Dowling, S.J., of the Queen's Work Staff says, quote, Alcoholics Anonymous is natural. It is natural at the point where nature comes closest to the supernatural, namely in humiliations and in consequent humility. There is something spiritual about an art museum or a symphony, and the Catholic Church approves of our use of them. There is something spiritual about AA, too and Catholic participation in it almost invariably results in poor Catholics becoming better Catholics." Unquote. The Episcopal magazine, The Living Church, observes editorially, quote, The basis of the technique of Alcoholics Anonymous is the truly Christian principle that a man cannot help himself except by helping others. The AA plan is described by the members themselves as self-insurance, this self-insurance has resulted in the restoration of physical, mental, and spiritual health and self-respect to hundreds of men and women who would be hopelessly down and out without its unique but effective therapy, unquote. Speaking at a dinner given by Mr. John D. Rockefeller to introduce Alcoholics Anonymous to some of his friends, Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick remarked, quote, I think that psychologically speaking, there is a point of advantage in the approach that is being made in this movement that cannot be duplicated. I suspect that if it is wisely handled, and it seems to be in wise and prudent hands, there are doors of opportunity ahead of this project that may surpass our capacities to imagine. Roman numeral six, how to get in touch with AA. In the United States and Canada, most towns and cities have AA groups. 
In such places, AA can be located through the local telephone directory, newspaper office or police station, or by contacting local priests or ministers. In large cities, groups often maintain local offices where alcoholics or their families may arrange for interviews or hospitalization. These so-called intergroup associations are found under the listing AA or Alcoholics Anonymous in telephone directories. At New York, USA, Alcoholics Anonymous maintains its International Service Center. This consists of the General Service Board of AA, whose trustees administer AA's General Service Office, AA World Services, Inc., and our monthly magazine, The AA Grapevine. If you cannot find AA in your locality, a letter addressed to Alcoholics Anonymous, Box 459, Grand Central Station, New York, New York, 10017, USA, will receive a prompt reply from this World Center referring you to the nearest AA group. If there is none nearby, you will be invited to carry on a correspondence which will do much to ensure your sobriety, no matter how isolated you are. Should you be the relative or friend of an alcoholic who shows no immediate interest in AA, it is suggested that you write the Al-Anon Family Groups, Inc., P.O. Box 182, Madison Square Station, New York, New York, 10010, USA. This is a world clearinghouse for the Al-Anon Family Groups, composed largely of the wives, husbands, and friends of AA members. This headquarters will give the location of the nearest family group and will, if you wish, correspond with you about your special problems. AA Publications Approved by the General Service Conference of AA Complete order forms available at Box 459, Grand Central Station, New York, New York, 10017 Pamphlets AA 44 Questions and Answers AA Tradition, How It Developed. A Clergyman Asks About AA. Three Talks to Medical Societies by Bill W. Alcoholics Anonymous and the Medical Profession. AA in Your Community. Is AA for You? Is AA for You? Short and Simple. This is AA. Questions and Answers on Sponsorship. AA for the Woman. AA and the Alcoholic Employee, the Jack Alexander article, Letter to a Woman Alcoholic, Young People and AA, AA and the Armed Services, the AA Member and Drug Abuse, the Alcoholic Husband, the Alcoholic Wife, Inside AA, the AA Group, the GSR, Memo to an Inmate, the Twelve Traditions Illustrated Let's Be Friendly with Our Friends Background Information on AA How AA Members Cooperate Alcoholism is a Management Problem AA Suggests One Solution AA in Prisons AA in Hospitals Profile of an AA Meeting If You Are a Professional A Member's Eye View of Alcoholics Anonymous Problems Other Than Alcohol Why Alcoholics Anonymous is Anonymous Understanding Anonymity Co-Founders of AA Speaking at Non-AA Meetings A Brief Guide to AA What Happened to Joe It Happened to Alice 
Last two are full-color comic book style pamphlets. Periodical, the A.A. Grapevine. This concludes the reading of the six appendices and list of A.A. publications from the final pages of the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm grateful you listened. This also concludes the cover-to-cover reading of both the first and second editions of the big book. It's been my honor and pleasure to provide this audio version of both editions in a podcast format that facilitates an easy, convenient, and enjoyable listening experience anytime and any place. I invite you to listen to all of the episodes again whenever you want an uplift and to enrich your daily sobriety. As always, you can subscribe to the Big Book Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, or visit bigbookpodcast.com and listen to your heart's content. Oh, and if you have a chance, check out my new podcast, AA Recovery Interviews, where AAs share their stories in an interview format. There's a link to it in this episode's show notes. If you've enjoyed listening, I'd be super grateful if you can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It'll help others find us. And please share this podcast with your friends, sponsees, and anyone you know who has a desire to stop drinking. It may be the only version of the big book they ever hear. 